Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listener Files. <laughs> that was perfect. Right. So uh, here we are. It's the Bigfoot Collectors Club Listener Files. Um, this is... Uh, where we read your emails. Yes, the long-awaited Listener Files episode God, we've been man. talking so much about. Thank you so much, everybody who wrote in. This one is from Lucas, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's from Lucas in Pennsylvania. Uh, hey, BCC, I encountered something paranormal three weeks before I turned four. I think my age and therefore active imagination is a factor in being able to believe, not as a reason to have seen something that wasn't to be believed. Okay, fair enough. I said that, not him. I was in a plane. Uh, I was in a play. I was in a play. I was in a plane flying to see relatives in California. We were a little ways into our descent beneath the clouds. I can make out streets and fields below. And it was only this unique perspective, being at the right altitude at the right time, that allowed me to witness it. I saw from my bird's eye view a lake and slithering through it, a slender black serpent. Mm. God knows I would be terrible at judging how large the creature must have been, but at least the length of a football field. It seemed the lake was clear, and it was moving maybe a ways beneath the surface. Its movement, its movement is what I remember most. It didn't move like a tube or a pipe or anything else man-made. It had a lithe reptilian agility as it snaked back and forth like a worm twisting mm. through the dirt. I watched it and watched it, and then our plane passed it by. I remember a few days later drawing a picture of it on a piece of printer paper in one of my relative's houses. Undoubtedly, a cruel sketch, but a picture all the same. Uh, all the same. I desperately wish I still had this, but having the memory even after all these years is pretty good enough. Keep searching, Lucas. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, just thinking that you, you go home and you want to draw it, you know, and you always talk about how much you love like people's like, you know, drawn renditions of what they saw. Those are some of the best accounts and testimony I, I think too i love a good lake monster yeah that's amazing i mean obviously she was a lucas a, a guy right yeah I yes obviously he was, was george lucas yes. i think <laughs> right i don't know why i uh, imagine michael, it as a girl but. uh bryce and michael i saw yeah. that's, that's my george that's pretty good um actually the sith uh <laughs> no 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 uh i remember dave you don't remember this but uh, a couple of years ago, Dave said he was driving back from Lawrence, Kansas or yeah. someplace, and he saw a shadow creature shoot out of a lake and fly into the sky. Yeah, I barely remember this, but I you started to remind me of it. <laughs> I think I was on one of my long road trips, and uh, 
Yeah, I was. It, the sun had just gone down. The sky was purple. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of. You know, uh, sunset, and there was this lake on my left, and I saw something shoot out of it, and it was it was like a black streak, and then you know the the pond or the lake was, you know, there was uh, some movement, and then. Um, I, I always pictured I, it being like a shadow bird. That's, that's what it, it was. It was weird. It was either a little UFO or a, a, a creature of some type. Right. But it was gone. It I w- forgot to mention W. Dave Keith is still with us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey. And also Riley Bray is here. He's going to yeah. be commenting He's as gonna, well. That's right. He's going to tell us one of his stories, too. I had, yes. a, serpent, uh, had a serpent incident when I, I was about I, um, five. I had a, <laughs> Actually, I had a serpent episode. When I was a kid, I saw... A, my cousins were over, and we saw a snake. I'd never seen a snake crawl up a wall before mm-hmm. on the outside of my house, and it went into like a vent or something in the rooftop. And I, I told my parents about it. I was like, no, that's not true. You're making that up. You didn't see a snake climb up a wall. Have anyone has anyone ever seen a snake climb a wall? Maybe that before? snake was bitten by a radioactive spider. God, who it knows? was strange. It was real. It wasn't a dream either. So snakes climb up walls. I saw. Absolutely. I saw a video of the snake in like the VC, like hidden the Australian family's VCR on Christmas. They're like, oh my god, get it the fuck out! <laughs> well, I've got a great story here, and this is actually from one of my best friends. I've known this kid. Uh, we went to kindergarten kindergarten together all the way through high school. He actually drove, I came out here with me when I thought I was going to pursue acting. Thought, I mean, I have been doing it for 20 years. But um, anyway, his name is Donovan Kaler, one of my best friends. And, uh, and he wrote in, he had some great stories I, I want to share with. First of all, shout out to you, Donovan. And thanks for sending these in. He says, I have two stories myself. And it kind of happened around 2001. I want to go into uh, the first one, which is really kind of, or, you know, maybe I'll do that one next because it's uh, it's a little sweeter. But uh, he says, my second story happened on my daughter's first day of kindergarten. My wife, youngest daughter, and I just dropped our daughter off, and I was so mad at myself because I only had my iPhone to take pictures. And it was so bright out, a lot of them didn't turn out. So we headed to Target to buy a real camera. And on our way back home, we were driving on a rural side street, no cars at all. And up in the sky, I saw this insanely bright, shiny object. It was a clear day, not a cloud in the sky. The sun was still low, and I could see the sun to the far right of this object. And the thing wasn't moving, so I knew it wasn't a plane, and it was too big to be a plane. You could also see that this thing was extremely high in the sky and reflecting this crazy bright light. And I came to a four-way stop and just was, I, I was looking up, and I say to my wife, look at that, What what is that? And as I'm saying this, the object slowly starts to move up and then rapidly zooms further up and completely disappeared, That which matches so many um, fighter pilot testimonials when they, get, when they get close to these things. They just either disappear, turn off, or shoot straight up. Um, I tried to keep the story short. Oh, he goes in to say that, but isn't that crazy? And, you know, I'm always looking up in the sky, and I'm, you know, I've seen some crazy... Guys, I'm... Always I'm always looking up at the sky. It's like, no, I've seen bright, shiny objects that like, you know, when I, when I, I remember taking my kid to the park and I'm just sitting there watching them. So I'm, I'm looking up in the sky and I see like a white thing. I'm like, that's fucking weird. Is that a satellite? No, it's not moving. And it starts to like drift along zigzaggly, like loafily. I'm like so weird. I'm you know? always trying to see I took stuff a couple like pictures. Never, I've never seen anything in the day. I've got, oh man. I There's this cool news story I heard uh, or saw. This is years ago now. Yeah. 
Uh, there was like some local weirdo, I can't remember what town this was in, who said he's like, he was known as like the man who can summon or, or the man who talks to UFOs. Oh, yeah. And he would stand out in like the Home Depot parking lot and chant into the sky oh my or gosh. talk to the sky and fucking yellow and orange orbs would show up. I'm going to show you a video and of an orange orb right now. And this news dude was like, who's this local weirdo? And why does he think he can talk to aliens? And it was the coolest because the guy went out and interviewed him. He's like, yep, he, I talk to UFOs. And he's just kind of this like unassuming dude. And um, the guy on the report's like getting ready to make fun of him. And they look up and this fucking object is appearing in the clouds. <sighs> and he's like, Oh, uh, you could tell this guy, the reporter was like, dude, dude uh, I, uh, well, I came out here to totally rip this guy to shreds, and it turns out that um, he actually contacted a UFO, <laughs> wow. and it's like the greatest thing, and the guy's like, yep, I told you I could do it, he's kind of this like Boo Radley guy. Man, it's so I want to download this video of an orange orb I took on Halloween night. My whole family saw it. I guess we're up in the canyons. It says download air, but take a look at this picture. The video is even crazier. Um, look, talk about pulsating light. Whoa, Whoa, yeah. So this thing moved, right? It was like, it seemed like be like loafing around in the sky. As soon as I get, I, I have video of it too, two videos actually. As soon as I got the camera on it, um, it, it, it just kind of took off upwards and i i it's very strange i'll have to post it on instagram for you guys but it's my actual own ufo video footage i've never wow. you know uh never submitted it or anything or never like made a case about it but my whole family was there my son and i my daughter were watching it and we we're all like what the fuck is that orange thing it looked like it was like moving around our neighborhood Talk very like weird from your kids yeah, they hear a lot of shit out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, uh, and yes, yeah, oh, I want to do my other, one. Oh, yeah, okay. I want to do <laughs> his uh, <laughs> his little ghost story because it's a nice palate cleanser, is like you said. Or do we want to do that? Uh, I'll, I'll run yeah, into can, it. Sure, it's your same same. Why author? not? Here we go. Here we go. This is from Donovan again. And um, okay, so I was. He says in 2001, I was visiting a group of friends in San Diego, and a good friend at the time had just moved back to San Diego from Denver. And I visited a few times, and I would sleep on their couch in his living room, and it was his parents. His sister and grandma that lived in the house, every morning his grandma would come out and she would pull the blanket over me. And it was so adorable, smiley emoticon. (laughs) My friend's family was from Thailand, so his grandma spoke zero English. We never talked, but she was just the sweetest grandma. And in 2000 or 2001, she passed away. And it was about a month or two after, and I was visiting again. But now my friend had moved into her old bedroom and had two beds, so I I slept in there. But one morning, my friend had to go to work early in the morning, and another friend that lived out there was going to pick me up later, so we'd just go to the site and see stuff. Um, So my friend left, and I said bye or whatever. I was awake, and I was going to get up after a bit, but as I turned over to just rest a bit more, I could feel the blanket move and start to cover me. Exclamation point, exclamation point. I mean, I opened my eyes like a deer in headlights. I thought my mind was messing with me. And then with my eyes open, I felt the blanket move again and pull up more over my shoulder. I was freaking out. And then for some strange reason, it was like his grandma's spirit could sense my fear and was able to get rid of the fear because at that moment, I remember so vividly this feeling of comfort, knowing it was just his grandma tucking me in. Just an amazing experience, really, he writes. But isn't that sweet? So often these stories can get so scary, but a lot of the times we hear uh, a nicer, more positive light to some of these things. Don't forget about the ghost Grammys, guys. (laughs) The ghost Grammys are out there. there. My mom. So many ghost Grammys. Yeah. My mom and her brothers and sisters saw their grandma's ghost in their uh, farmhouse that they grew up in, and none of them talked about it 
until 10 years later when they're all just, you know, talking around the table about about the house and grandma and they're like uh, my mom was like I saw grandma's ghost. Yeah. Uh tuck you in from oh, across that's the room cuz they all shared the same room um back when we were kids and my aunt and uncle were like you saw her that night too. And they lived in this very old farmhouse where my uh, grandpa was born in the farmhouse in Kansas. And um, when I would sleep over there, the house kind of had a presence to it. Mm-hmm. So there are ghost grandmas out there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Validated, verified. Okay, I believe this next one comes from listener, a listener named Chris. Uh, and on the email printout, um, he or she, I believe it's a she, did not sign it. So, um, And also, if you know, uh, unless otherwise specified, we're just going to say your first name out there. Hi there, there's a lot to this story, so be warned. Okay, duly noted. All right, the house that I grew up in was the third on its foundation, the first two having burned down. There was evidence of this in the attic, and as some of the blackened timber had been used to rebuild the house. It is said that the man who owned the second house sat in his rocking chair, rocking while it burned. The house itself was unremarkable. My parents bought the house. <laughs> Whoa. That was Wait awesome. a minute. Why is this old man just rocking away as while it burns? It burned. I know that's Watch cool. Watch it burn around. Man, this guy is hardcore. <laughs> Uh, my parents bought the house in the 1970s. While I lived there, a number of strange things happened. One morning, I heard a distinct voice. At another time, when I was unable to sleep, I heard a chair downstairs slide across the floor. Our chairs had those flat little metal things on the bottom at the legs and made a distinct scraping sound. Thinking my mother was up as she was also a night owl slash insomniac, I went downstairs to talk to her. She was in bed, asleep. The chair was pulled away from the table. On another occasion, my sister and I both heard the distinct thud of footsteps coming from the roof. We were in bed trying to sleep. Well, that was just Santa Claus. (laughs) Uh, It was extremely cold, 20 below. We told ourselves it was the boards uh, contracting, but I have my doubts. Another time, my brother was arguing with my dad when a heavy pitcher full of change exploded. I saw it. There had been no cracks or otherwise. It sat on the floor in the pantry, but out of the way of getting bumped. It was pretty crazy. Hmm. I learned about the graves. Whoa. You can't, wait a minute. You can't start a sentence. I learned about the graves. Sure, why not? Whoa. Jump to action. Ah, man, she did warn us. I learned about the graves when my dad took us on a picnic in the meadow above the house. Uh, I don't think there's a meadow floating above the house. I think it means like, you know, behind or mm-hmm. above. There's a hillside. Dad thought they were some sort of World War I uh, training foxhole, but my history teacher said there was nothing quite like that in the area. The holes were neat and approximately square. I wonder if this person's from Europe. Oh, that's um, very strange. Uh, the holes were neat and approximately square, about six uh, by three, and sunken. They were typical of dug graves you might see in a cemetery. I believe them to be the graves of the first owners, possibly dead from the fire, but that is speculation. Um, <clears throat> after my parents sold it, they kept a little property and put a mobile home <laughs> on it. While they were living there, a man died in his driveway of the house, crushed by a car that fell onto him at two in the morning in frigid weather. Ooh. Yikes. It was ruled accidental, but I have more questions than answers for this. Um, Crushed by a car. Yeah, that is... when my sister, her husband, and I, uh, when my sister, her husband, and I came to visit the house, uh, 
the house was vacated. Everything was still inside, but it appeared that whomever had left had done so in an enormous hurry. An armful of clothes was on the back deck, thrown down and abandoned in haste. A cell phone was in the uh, was in the area that used to be our porch, laying on the ground next to a dog bowl full of dog full of dog food. The house was full of furniture, clothes, belongings, everything nailed shut from the inside. Uh, Evidently, they cut off the utilities by cutting them at the pole, then cutting the wires going in so people don't hijack the lines. The phone rang while we were there, and we were stunned. In the driveway, some previous inhabitants had built an open utility shed. A picture of a man with handwritten words, we miss you, daddy, was stapled to the beam. Okay, so this sounds insane. Okay, so went through different hands. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. It's a long email, but this is really cool. Uh, I believe the area town to be possibly cursed. Kids die left and right. This is a small town, kind of like the fictional Bon Tom. Everyone knows, everyone knows anyone. That's a True Blood reference. Uh, a girl in the early 70s was beheaded while driving her snowmobile. Uh, and my fifth grade classmate was killed over the same summer along with her five cousins, all sisters of the same family, when their car was hit in the morning by a drunk on a sunny summer day in 1976. Uh, another classmate who had been held back here died in the summer before his senior year by a truck that came over the ridge on a dirt road when he was riding a dirt bike. Um, two more older guys came into the road and were hit by a tractor trailer. Oh a neighbor down the road was Sounds stuck. like this place just has bad roads. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Low visibility. Yeah. Poor city planning. Jeez. Uh, yeah, lots of um, a little girl swept by, away by floods. A few years ago, a family was riding into uh, to Cortland. Uh, this must be the town in a van. A bunch of kids and two adults. The mechanism holding a car carrier full of crushed cars being pulled by a tractor trailer came undone, and the trailer crossed the road and crushed the people Jeez. in the van, killing any everyone. Mm. So this just turned into a horrific description yeah. of motor. What's the name accidents. of the town? Cortland. It's all. <laughs> Never go so there. So, what do you think? What do you think that is? You think that it's like trapped energy? Uh, it's a like bad energy town. Itself? Sounds like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's there's. Some I mean, weird stuff go, go yeah. down there. Yeah, I mean, I love all these Spooky stories stuff. from from listeners and from everybody out there because what they focus on is the element of strange and weird. And when you start to focus on elements like this, and and you look into all the lore and all these great cases. They all contain the same element of of strangeness, you know? And so while some of these stories are just like, you know... Um, they seem a little out there or they seem a little close to home. These are, this is where it all starts. This is how folklore and mythology of our own society, this is where it begins. Yeah. So. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Riley, I know you said you had a uh, a ghost story. Riley Bray is our sound engineer, and we record you up. You guys at his have been studio. listening. You know this already. <laughs> if this is your first episode. But, go back and listen yeah, from the beginning. It's but, really yeah. his clubhouse, and we're just uh, welcomed guests yeah. here. But it's about time I was sitting in the clubhouse all by myself, just waiting to talk about aliens and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you guys showed up. I know. I know. It's here we are. Enough. Um, yeah, I, I have two stories, actually. And uh, to listeners, yes, I actually do have a voice. I'm not just a disembodied character that they refer to for comedic purposes. Um, nice voice. Have you ever thought of voiceover? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I've considered it. Um, so I've got two, one from my childhood and one from uh, when I was in college. Um, so I'll start when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Uh, it was. Uh, this would be about 95, I'd say. Not mm-hmm. to date myself yeah but um you old motherfucker i know it <laughs> happened it, that's the year so i graduated fast. high school yeah <laughs> anyways myself um so my family lived out in agora uh, so it's like a northern suburb of los angeles so it's, it's kind of rural out there we, we, we lived uh, like on a a long sort of gated off side street that was like not around a lot of other houses um so i was i my bedroom had a window that was right above my bed and i was asleep in bed and then suddenly I just woke up, like, and I was sitting upright. Hmm. And I remember looking at my clock. This was before phone, so I had, like, an actual digital clock with the, the red numbers, you know? Yeah. And the numbers sort of, like, morphed into shape. And I just remember, like, having this really distinct feeling of, like, um, time, like, like, noticing the time. And then my whole room lit up super bright. What? Yeah. Oh. And, um... And then it all just sort of receded into this white orb, like down out the window, down the street. And then it was just over. And I was just sitting in my bed. Like, holy shit. Riley, wow. you got abducted, dude. <laughs> well, check so, your feet. <laughs> I, I need to check my toes. Oh, I my after that God. Last episode. So I told my mom about it in the morning because I'm, I'm like a kid. In this yeah. Story. I told my mom about it in the morning. And she convinced me. She was like, oh, no, it's probably a, like a policeman driving downstairs and he shined his light into your window and you just happened to see that. Wow. And I sort of just accepted that. I was like, because no, moms know this yeah, stuff. That, that makes sense. Wow. That, that sounds good. And then, um, but also it was like, there wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been, cause it was like kind of like a rural street. Like I realized like, that later, doesn't like, explain time morphing or standing still. Right. I mean, maybe waking up from a dream, like your eyes are fuzzy, Was your mom dating a cop? <laughs> no, she was dating my dad. <laughs> was she also dating a cop? That, she might have been. I don't know. That Riley, that is that is crazy <laughs> because within your story lies so many classic elements right. of uh, of a paralysis. I've never heard of like looking into a digital analog clock and watching it stop or change or shift or morph. And I'll, because what also is in there is loss of time. And I've, right. Staring at a clock while it happens is amazing. Holy Which, shit! This just reminded me of something. But uh, fuck, Riley, finish your story. Well, that's yeah. what I realized later when I started getting into this stuff. Was I was like, oh, there's like, there's like a lost time thing. There's like, oh, I'm like a kid, and then you know the the way the room lit up and then like receded out. All these things. I was just like, wow, that is the bright light, really the bright there. light filling the room. The clock thing, especially is, though, like wait, just waking up and man, sorry, we'll wait. no, you guys are blowing my mind because when I was a kid, 
oh, I was like eighth grade, maybe eighth or ninth grade. And I woke up um, early morning or middle of the night, like the sun wasn't up yet. And I, I've totally, this totally, I, I mean, I knew this story, but I, I'd forgotten to ever share it. So he said the digital clock thing. And I woke up and I saw a green, a bright green light by my head. And my first thought was, okay, it's happening again. You know how this goes. Wow. Just relax. Whoa. Chill out. And it will they'll they'll eventually leave you alone. And I could feel uh presence around my bed, like mm-hmm. entities. And the green light looked to admit from a um like a box that had like uh like grid lines along it mm-hmm. and there I, it looked like there was like mist around <sighs> and wow. and and wow. I remember going I fucking totally forgot about this and I was like okay you've done this before you've done this before it's fine it'll it'll pass they're not going to hurt you thinking about like no, and consciously being like yeah. this is the abduction scenario and then as i stared at the green light it slowly morphed back into the face of my green digital clock that is wild. and it was like four something in the morning Whoa. and i remember going oh i guess i was just staring at my sure. uh sure clock but I forgot about that until you mentioned the digital clock thing. That's that so weird. fucking yeah. wild, man. But you can write it off as like, oh, it's like a dream state. You like, know, yeah. Like, uh, you know what? But you can't. I did a Topanga Canyon story. I don't know if you've heard it yet, but listen. Yeah, you can write it off as sleep paralysis or midnight uh, insomnia. But when there's other witnesses who see a craft shining a bright light into a home, which happened in Topanga Canyon, then you got to go. Wait, okay, so maybe it wasn't yeah. sleep paralysis? Yeah. So when you hear this shit, you know, when you... there's These are recessed... I mean, I don't know. We should all go through uh, hypnosis regression because I look up at That'd the sky... That'd be a good special episode. I know. I look up at the <laughs> sky like a lost dog looking for his master. I'm not kidding. I'm oh, like, when I'm out in the backyard, I'm just like... You know, smoking my weed, but I'm also like looking straight up for the, like a lost fucking puppy, wondering, you know, <laughs> isn't that crazy? But yeah, that Wait, is. Uh, so, what's your other story, Riley? Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. So the other story is a ghost story, um, and uh, everyone's I, got one. Yeah, everyone's got one. This really blew, like, truly blew my mind. But so I'm in college. I went to UC Berkeley and I studied art, and so the art building there is shared with the anthropology building, and they have like the largest collection of anthropological things, including like bones and things that they like really probably shouldn't have. A place of science. um, In the basement of this building. So I think it was my third year and I was doing this class that was like, um, like death and mortality and arts or like exploring those themes or whatever. And the teacher was like, she was cool. And she was like, kind of like out there as you would say, but maybe in there, depending on your perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she was like, Gave us one day. She like sat us down in the class, and she's like, "Okay, like we're gonna. I'm gonna take you guys down to the anthropology um, archives, and we're gonna show you some of this stuff." She's like, "But before we go down there, like I want to tell you something about this building and like what is going on here." And she's like, "This building is is haunted. It's well documented. A lot of the professors agree. I definitely believe it." Like, I'm sorry, which uh, school or where is UC, it's UC, UC Berkeley? UC Berkeley. It's Krober Hall is the building. If you want to go check it out, cool. Um, so. So she gave a speech and she was like, we're going to go down there, you know, like, and she, she tended to believe that there were some malevolent spirits haunting it. Um, it was on, on, I guess we, yeah, she, that was her opinion on that. It was a not, not, not a friendly, not friendly ghost. ghost. It was angry that 
it's like maybe it was it, it was, was Crusper, the unfriendly guy. <laughs> the unfriendly guy. Casper's lesser known Casper. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Casper. So anyway, so she's like, so she prefaces with this whole thing about the building being haunted. She's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go down there now. So then we go and there's this elevator, and like everyone starts getting into the elevator, and then the elevator's full. So the last couple of us, myself included, we took the stairs, and so we go down the stairs, and as this elevator is coming down, I'm now in the basement at this point. Everything goes black. Mm. And the whole building, we would later find out, completely just shut down. <laughs> and a bunch of these people are in this elevator. <sighs> My nightmare. So they're just in there. It's pitch black. She's in there. My with, dream. She's in there, <laughs> she's in there with them. And it's just, it's, it's just pitch black for maybe 20, 30 seconds, which is a long fucking time. When you have trapped just been told you're going into a haunted basement yeah. and the lights go out, oh not gosh. to mention the rest of the people that were trapped in the elevator with her. And then the power just sort of comes back on and the elevator comes down and it opens and she just sort of like, yeah, see, I, I mean, that's what I was talking about. That and then, is, Yeah. So we looked into it afterwards and only that building had lost power. Whoa. There was not a power outage around the the school or anything like that but that building just happened to go dark for about 30 seconds while we were wow. going down. I thought there. you were going to say the elevator door was going to open up and the ghost was going to be standing right there and say, hey guys. <laughs> hey, uh, University awesome. of Missouri, Kansas City uh, near where Dave and I are from they have a haunted Dave, you know about the it. The big haunted old mansion they've the on their campus. The campus built up around the mansion it was like called the someone Epperson's Folly or something it took forever to build had tons of builders it, it was like the biggest mansion in town at the time and um there's all these legends about it and stories and i guess in the 70s i shot a movie there and i it it has a picture on the wall just like the picture of the shining where jack nicholson's in the uh um where the big bands behind him and all, oh the, all the, the party scene picture it yeah. has one of those pictures up and this <laughs> jack nicholson's in is it. in the picture no uh <laughs> But you can see where it was in its heyday. It was like a really big music hall, or just you know a lot of people were there. And then you go into it now, and it's it's run down. And uh, but there's some some great great haunting stories about wow. it. My buddy Donovan just said it's funny you mentioned The Shining. He's like, if you guys ever want to do a show on the road and have interest in a trip to Denver, maybe visit the Stanley Hotel where yeah. they filmed The Shining. I'd be happy to help you out with anything. Loan a car, drive you, of course, give you a place to stay, whatever. But that would be that cool. would be a trippy, right? Um, I think we got time for one more. Okay, email. Yeah. This is a short one. God, my mind. I was not expecting that, Riley Bray. Dude. Like, and, and Mike, you did like, what the fuck is happening, man? That is just like, yeah. I want to delve into your story because and yours too because that's just i mean the I, high strangeness there is is off the chart this is what this dumb podcast is doing to me it's I like know. it's digging up all this me stuff too, that i kind of forgot about me too and i'm like oh, bleak. but it's a journey did that i ever we, tell you that story dave probably yeah it's a yeah. journey we all need to take yeah, and let me I tell agree. you something because most of our guests have been like oh i've got nothing and then and then they do yeah and so uh yeah, i mean sometimes you're walking by a garage sale and yeah. you see the devil this hanging is a, out yeah this is a strange earth we're living on okay this one is called wtf and this is from denise in parkville missouri and this is a uh, uh, actually a friend of my sister's family. Shout out Denise. We've oh, cool. Met before. She's into this stuff, so she's been listening to the show, and uh, Great. it's really cool. Thank you guys for sending us your stories yeah. and listening. Okay, so let's see. 
Where do I start? It was December of 1992. My parents' old farmhouse, which has a cemetery 100 feet from the front door, called the Wells Cemetery. The old farmhouse is nestled around a very large limestone hill, which on the top of the hill is our horse barn. The property is rich with Civil War history, and a few skirmishes have been fought there. Also, uh, Little Blue River runs along by the property. Um, All is said... This farmstead was the perfect recipe for paranormal activity, and it had its share of maximum creep factor. Love that. It's got some uh, heavy M- <laughs> MCF. Uh, growing up, I have seen my share of shadow figures, music boxes playing by themselves, Ugh. doors open and close, as well as doorknobs. Uh, I assume she means opening, tur- turning. This is just a sample of what was going on, uh, what went on growing up in the house. You also always had a sense of being watched. Now, the summer of 1992 was different. I no longer lived at home, but that summer I decided to stay overnight since I was by myself at my apartment that weekend. I thought my parents could use the company and it would be fun. We stayed up sitting on the porch, talking while listening to the summer sounds of the night. Mom made me uh, a pallet on the couch in the living room and I was all set for my overnight stay. It was nice to be back at my parents' house, and it was nicer to not be in my old room that was part of the original old structure of the house that had a ton of paranormal activity. As I drifted off to sleep, I was uh, awakened by tiny whispers going, shh, 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 shh. The sound was very close to my face surrounding the right side of the couch that I was sleeping on. I didn't startle, but I opened my eyes to the sight of ten Two feet tall, tan flesh colored, naked, bald, sexless beings. <laughs> Wait a minute, Denise. What the fuck? You weren't kidding. I did not know where the description of that was going to end. I, I, I could not see the period at the end of that sentence. I love words, and there's so many of them packed in that Hold sentence. Hold on. I'm going to back it, it up. Back that ass up. <laughs> <laughs> I opened... Denise, we're not making fun of you. This is insane. No. Uh, I opened my eyes to the sight of ten, two feet tall... Tan, flesh-colored, naked, bald, sexless, sexless beings. Wow! So I start. <laughs> so Smurfs, but tan. naked and tan. This is and like bald. the alien gray kind of, but they <laughs> yeah. were flesh-colored. Wow! Whew. I startled them because after 15 seconds of seeing them, these beings disappeared. Oh my God! I have no clue who or what they were, or what they or where they went. I didn't say goodbye to my sweet parents when I left in my Honda in the middle of the night back to my apartment (laughs) in the Northland. In other words, I did the curly shuffle. Oh, that's pretty great. I know I uh, couldn't have dreamed this because I was fully awake when I saw them and I uh, had not been asleep that long. Over the years, I have not encountered these beings from what I suspected are from the underworld, also known as fairies or some sort of astral alien beings. Okay, cool. Denise, pause. (laughs) Uh, Because this is similar to, I think, uh, the entity that I saw Mm. outside my window that my dogs woke me to. Also, next month, uh, actually next week, 
uh, we're going to have uh, 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 a story of the Dover Demon. Mm, and I great. think this ties into this phenomenon as much as it seems Shadow like, creatures. Um, well, these tanless, this tan uh, flesh. elves, gnomes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, little people. A little more, they seem to fall into the category more of the, the fairy yeah. realm than they do spacemen. Yes. Now, and don't be put- And that's how I felt yeah. about the being that I saw and my dog saw uh, 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 last uh, July a couple years ago. Wow. What, what were we going to say? Nothing. Keep going. Okay. She says, I probably will never know what I saw that night. All I can say is my parents' house is some sort of astral paranormal portal. This portal is a connection to many astral beings and spirits. Uh, they are drawn to it like a beacon. Could the river... Uh, uh, oh, are drawn to it like a beacon. Could the river, the sustained sorrow, history, and limestone have anything to do with it? Probably. Hmm. Life is mysterious, and I don't claim to know everything or believe that we are the only intelligent beings out there. That would be absurd. Thank you, Mystic Mom. Agreed. Denise. Thank cool. you, Denise. That was awesome. Whoa. What, 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 what word, word did she use on the astral... Um, she called it what? Uh, her she thought the place was an astral portal of. Uh, she said some sort of astral paranormal portal. Well put. Just like uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, which is a place in reality that uh, space entrepreneur Bob Bigelow runs, and they are doing some amazing research into paranormal phenomena Man, out there. So great, guys! This what is great an episode! Holy cool! Thank you. Moly. Keep sending in your emails. Uh, if we didn't read yours today, we will probably get to it in a future episode. Yeah, um, but send them. We're going to do these periodically. Um, it's uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club at Gmail You're on blast. You got to do it, um, guys. Uh, you can find us always at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Gmail uh, at Bigfoot underscore C Club on Twitter. And, of course, find us on our Facebook page, Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, Dave, Keith, it was so great to have you in the studio this week. Thanks for Uh, having me. Where can people find your movies? Uh, I know you said VHS, but can, <laughs> Dave's a bit of an outlier film fake, uh, film faker, filmmaker in Kansas City. So and film faker, I know. <laughs> uh, you have stuff up on YouTube. Yeah, Vimeo? it's on YouTube. Vimeo. Been doing a lot of music videos lately for Sun, Sun Eaters, the band that does the uh, theme for for Bigfoot Collectors. See, awesome. All connected. Check guys. that out for so, sure. Uh, Lickety Split fil- Films. Do you still go by? Do yeah, you, I still have that. Yeah. So if they Google uh, LS Films, okay. Um, Lotus Pool Productions. Great. Yep. Cool, cool. You can find it out there. Great. Wow. Uh, I'm. Uh, you can find me at McMills on all the social media. Bryce, hey. Mr. Bryce Johnson. Hey, this one's to the fans, man. It's within your story that we might help to figure out a little bit of, uh, of all what's taking place awesome. here. So thank you. And Riley, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at... Uh, trash bag hashtag, <laughs> but it's only photos of garbage. Great. <laughs> nice. Love it. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Thank you. And uh, we will see you uh, in the new year. Uh, next uh, week, we kick off our crazy ex-girlfriend month. Uh, all guests through the month of January will be castmates of mine from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's going to be really, really fun. Yep. We've already recorded most of these episodes. They're and incredible. we got some good, good shit for you yep. guys coming up. So uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful new year. Happy holidays. And we'll see you in 2018. No doubt about it. Happy new year. Come
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.